And welcome to Down the Alley. This is PMAC. And Ted T.S. Spiridis. Katie Spiridis. Ah, pull some cannon. Sorry, it still just hasn't really stuck. What's your middle name? <laughs> it is. And last but not least. Uh, JP. Happy Sunday. Uh, excited to get the crew back together to talk some lacrosse and not lacrosse things. I've got three topics tonight. I know we had a cancellation. So, you know, I'm going to step up, come up big with some topics. I don't think anyone would expect anything less. But uh, first, how's everybody doing? Doing great. Uh, just got a bunch of editing done for the Farmington X36 Threads collab we just did. Um, got a nice like panoramic edit done for them, which is sweet. Sent the photos off to the guys, so hopefully they're posting those soon. Um, but yeah, doing great. Got some work done this evening, so feeling good. Yeah, Ted, uh, great job on those Farmington uniforms. I know you had a lot to do with it. Um, there, yeah, I, I I saw some pictures a while back, but I saw the, the the raw material today, and I was like, "All right, these 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 are cool." Yeah, you know, I think it's it's interesting as we've kind of um, shifted a little bit into this kind of auxiliary aspect of our business, and like the whole like gear conversation is something that is pretty consistent and pretty common at the club level but it doesn't I don't feel like if you, if you don't play club like if you just play for your high school team I don't feel like high school teams have really adopted like the, the commitment to like the gear and the branding of their organization yet um, so some have most probably haven't and there's a million factors on why obviously there's budgets, there's uh, policies, there's uh brand standard. There's a lot of like at club, you can really do whatever you want um, at like a college team or a high school team. There's very specific things you can and can't do. Um, but it was, it was fun to sort of take like an aspect of what we do on the club side and sort of help bring it to um, a high school team. Like, and, and I, like, I wasn't really like even planning on doing that, but they, they had a little bit of a snafu with their uniform. So we were able to, I was like, Hey, here's, here's what we can offer. And, and it worked out, but um, it was fun to let the guys have some input on what they wanted. It was cool to, um, we did like a media day with the captains on Saturday to let them sort of wear the u- new uniforms and then post, um, you know, post pictures of them actually wearing it to launch kind of like a college team would do. Um, and, and I think it was really fun for them and it was exciting for us. So it, it's been fun to be able to do that uh, in a kind of a different world. Um, and, you know, I know that there's some people that are like anti gear being like, it doesn't matter what gear you have, as long as you can play, you know, if you have the skills, it's like, yeah, that that's probably true. Like, you know, at the end of the day, but the gear is part of the experience. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, we should be doing this for the kids and it should be for them to have that experience. And like, yeah, we should coach, coach them and like hold them accountable on the field. 
but giving them the extra experience and like going above and beyond, I think is important. Um, and it will, those memories will last longer than like teaching them two man game, you know? Uh, anybody that says it's not about the gear, um, one has probably had crappy gear growing up as a child. And, and, you know, I, I feel sorry for you. Uh, and two, as an adult works at probably a company that doesn't, uh, you know, have good gear game because, you know, free head to Gardner builders. That's, that's where my day job is. We've gotten some sick swag the last few months that I've worked there and uh, I'm 25 going on 26 years old. And I, I still am fired up about the gear game there. Just like I was, uh, you know, when we get 36 stuff or, you know, back when I played high school across or college across. So uh, it, it still, it still fires me up when I get a cool yeah. Gardner builder sweatshirt. It's kind of funny that you say that because when like I dropped off the gear for SRA, you know, it I like I obviously it's 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 our parents like business. So like I go there every once in a while and it's an architecture firm. So like they're they got their headphones on super quiet, like everybody's like plugging away. You could hear a pin drop in that office nine ninety nine times out of 100. I brought the gear. And like the, the shirts and stuff, it was it wasn't quite electric, but it was like on it was it was somewhere between pin drop and electric. So like for them, it was like it was an exciting day. And, you know, I was just like, yeah, nobody ever calls calls in sick on gear day. You no, know, it's never bad on gear day. Yeah, no practice, practice is full, you know, full attendance. And uh, yeah, there, there there's no frowns on uh, on, on gear handout day. So. Um, no, cool. And Hey, we'll just throw it out there. If, if you need, uh, some gear, uh, apparel for your company gear for your youth, uh, you know, sport team, um, men's beer hockey team, you know, what, whatever it might, whatever you need, uh, let us know. We'd be happy to help. Um, I think we've done enough rambling on the guy said, Katie, do you have anything? I know we've been kind of rambling other than, you know, mispronouncing your name. Yeah, well, it is still legally my name. Um, speaking of gear, I the pants that I'm wearing are a men's pant, and I can totally recommend to the females to consider going to a men's jogger. I don't even know what they're called. Here's a fit check my slippers, but they're like I don't know what they're called. I can pull out the tag, but Lululemon. Um, they're from Lululemon. They're the most comfortable pants I've ever worn. That includes like a yoga legging, a sweatpants. The, the uh, city sweat joggers. Those I don't think so. That doesn't ring a bell, but I will look. I can actually probably pull it up in my email. The gal. So there was this pair. The story goes, there was this pair of pants I wanted and they were a size too big. And the gal was like really nice. It was like, have you ever tried wearing the such and such pant? at you know the men's and I was like no I was like aren't they going to be too long aren't they going to be blah 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 and she's like no she's like actually a lot of the females wear them because you can get a men's pants in length well I don't know why women's pants don't come in lengths apparently women don't have more than one length of leg I guess and so she's like yeah here try them on and I'm like obsessed obsessed so from someone who wears a pair of joggers seven days a week out of seven, 
Um, I can highly recommend these. We could get some embroidery or some screen printing on them for you via 36 you threads, go. but uh, run to Lululemon. And I feel like we do our research by product development on ourselves of what pants work, what pants don't zippered pocket. I know that's a big deal for you guys in your shorts is to have a pocket. And again, women's pants like don't have pockets. So you can't like put your phone in there, whatever keys when you're coaching 10 out of 10 recommend them on the gear front. And unfortunately, Lululemon is not writing a check for this show and hope they're not. <laughs> no, hopefully maybe somebody hears this um, if you it, or somebody passes along and they're like, Hey, like maybe we'll let these people be gear testers for us. Cause they know what they're talking about. So um, we'll see what happens. Hopefully. I have a quick, quick topic as we're on the subject of gear. Um, you know, as we were posting all the Farmington jerseys, I got some, uh, I want to call it a chirp more so more so like an opinion that was not asked for, but you know, welcomed <laughs> afterwards. Um, and this person said, you know, love the Jersey design looks great, but the road jerseys, the orange mesh ones that, uh, Ted designed should have the Farmington name on it instead of the mascot name. And I kind of agreed with them where I was like, you know, away jerseys should maybe have the school or the town name, you know, on the Jersey. So like when you're going to that road trip, you can represent, you got your logo on your sleeve or your back of your neck or whatever. And then you've got your your town name represented there. So you got some little more notoriety there. And and, and by all means, Ted, I love the jerseys. Um, and I, I wouldn't change them, but I just you yeah, know, if you want to be it, like everybody else, then you do that. All right. Well, yeah. Let, let, let's hear the opinions on that because I'm I'm actually curious. No, I think that's traditionally um I think that stems from more of like a maybe a baseball thing where they always have mascot name on home jerseys, city or state name on away jerseys. Um, I, I think it makes sense. I was thinking about that. Um, but you know, it's gotta be different. <laughs> Difference better than honestly, that's never even crossed my mind. So I have zero opinion on it. Fair enough. And you're also working with like a very long town name of Farmington. Yeah. So I, I think the Tigers is going to look better anyway. So, and, and I think, you know, the other thing too with the orange is orange can be a home or an away. So I would anticipate Farmington wearing those oranges at home um, because I think the guys really wanted those porthole jerseys. Um, and I think they're going to want to wear them at home. Um, and so it may be the, I would say maybe the orange is more of like a third Jersey. Um, if we got blacks, maybe, maybe next year or something, or in five years, whatever the budget comes up again, um, you get like a black, like Farmington, like a, actually a, like an away uniform. But, well, um, when you guys go to state, you're going to need a special Jersey made up. So you could yeah. probably come out with some black jerseys for that state run. Yeah. We're just trying to get through tryouts this, thus far. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> right on. I think we've had enough gear talk. Um, but again, uh, thanks for, if you need anything, Lululemon, I guess, ask Katie, I guess she's the Lululemon, uh, expert, but we'd be happy to help you, uh, you know, with anything, I think we've talked enough gear, um, not to get into more free ads as we're not sponsored by any salsa companies, but Katie and I had an interesting salsa conversation today. 
And uh, I think this is going to be a new little segment, at least for the next couple of weeks, as it sparks some interest. But our, sorry, I'm not going to speak for Katie. My go-to utility salsa, as I, as I stated today, is just a paste, hot salsa. It's just paste. paste. There's no tea. P- it's it's the paste, yeah, hot salsa. Sorry. It's Could the, you be more whatever. Minnesotan? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It's 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 the the standard, the gold standard in my in my eyes in my mind. I couldn't think more of a worse eggs. salsa, honestly, than paste. <laughs> what, okay, what we were say? talking about say? it though. I'm not a huge fan personally, but it is it is the probably the most prevalent brand. Have you? Paste. So then, is what's your good, favorite okay. salsa? Mine? So, okay, let me let me let yeah, me finish. let me set the stage here. Okay. Let me set the stage here. So that's that's my utility salsa. You, you can use it on a chip. Great. You can throw it on some eggs. Awesome. You can throw it in a little taco. Cool. It's a good utility salsa. I, I want to ask everybody, what is your utility salsa? And do you have others? You know, what are your other salsas that you might have in the mix? Um, I guess I'll go. I mean, I, I'm not a huge salsa person, so I don't because I'm not as um, you know, fired up about this topic as maybe some other people here are, but there is a brand called Inca I N C A and it's very like thin and like liquidy. It's not chunky, which is what I like. Cause I don't like chunky salsa personally. Um, so it's almost like a table, like almost like a table salsa sauce type of thing. Um, and then there's a brand called Mateo's. That's also really good that I like both. You can get at the grocery store. Um, I'm a big fan of if you're like, if you're really trying to like get stuff from El Camino, their orange salsa, how, whatever that whole situation is. I don't, again, it's not, it's not even, it's more of a sauce than it is a salsa, I guess. Uh, But again, that's what I like. It's super hot too. So that's good. Um, I could just throw like Tapatio or like Cholua on as a hot sauce and obviously when dip a chip no, we're not we're not talking hot sauces okay that's uh, if i'm if i can throw like to get into future podcasts but okay hot sauce is gonna be a topic oh, okay sorry, um, sorry i'm trying to stick to salsa fair enough week. fair enough i yeah. think the issue for me is want two issues one we find that when we try like gourmet salsas i get pissed off they piss me off i, I don't like it Sorry. First of all, they're way too expensive. Like you can pay $8.99 for a jar of salsa. And I personally think that is, I love spending a lot of money on a lot of things and a jar of salsa should not be $8.99. Actually, can I, can I interject? I forgot to mention my actual favorite salsa. Yes. What? It's called angry tomato. Write oh, okay. it down. I've you seen that one. Down. You can get it at like Ace Hardware. I think it's a local minnesota company it might be midwest wait, wait wait are you buying your salsas from a hardware store yeah, yeah you can ace buy rubs hardware, too ice hardware has a sick barbecue section no <laughs> cap, awesome. all right don't come at us JP. i'm not i'm not so i first awesome. i first had it um at a farmer's market but they also sell it at like local hardware stores too because like, how much is it um it, it's like in the seven eight dollar range but i could eat the whole jar I know. So, and the second issue, they're never hot enough. 
So like we go and we try to find these like really fancy salsas. So then I spend $10 on a jar of salsa and like, it's either bland or I don't love, I like the chipotle flavor and like the smoky, but I don't want a whole jar of salsa of it. So like, oh, that's always really like a trendy salsa is more of like a chipotle or like a ghost ghost pepper is hot, but then they're again, they're still not hot enough. And like you can't really eat it with a chip where today we just, we kind of had a realization of a paste salsa, the hot only, like you can drizzle it on your entree and you can have it just chips and salsa, like go to snack. If you really want to be Minnesotan, you put the cheese on the chips and put them in the toaster oven, chips and cheese in the paste. Yeah. And it just was really versatile. I'm going to get you guys. I'm getting you guys a jar of the hot, angry tomato salsa. Like it's, and it's hot. It's, it's a commitment. Like you're going to be, I agree. I like, I like so a table salsa podcast, too. Like I like get it thin. for me next podcast. I want to do a live reaction review. Okay. Yeah. Good. Cause good. this is, this has been a big topic for me today. Okay, fair enough. And it's something I want to, I want to, ex- obviously I want to expand from pace. Like I, I want, I want to like more than just pace. I, but I just, I've had a Are you really serious about that? Because when they don't supply chain issues, they've been out of hot pace multiple times in the last year. And I come home with what I think is a very good alternative and it never ends well. I throw the $8.99 jar of salsa away because I'm like, oh, this is hot. Oh, this has ghost pepper in it. Oh, he'll like this. He doesn't like you. Do not like any other salsas. To expand. I'm trying to expand. So this. This, then you have a second alternative, you know. I, I, I don't think you're wrong in that pace is like a very versatile go-to salsa. But saying that's your favorite <laughs> salsa is like saying like Denny's is your favorite breakfast, breakfast. place. Like Denny's isn't ever going to really disappoint you. Not really. But like. Okay. Do you want to know my favorite salsa? Yeah. It'd probably be the Chipotle green or that salsa from that Ted was talking about from uh, from El Camino. Like those. Are, but I'm saying pace is pace. Hot is like my utility salsa. But I know sure. I need to expand my horizons sure. from Chipotle and pace. So that, you that's why I'm opening up this discussion. We had we had a, we had fajitas. OK, that makes sense. Got yeah. it. JP, so talk to me. What what are your salsas? If you are such on this high end, like oh no no no, no. I'm not I'm not I'm pace. not high. I'm not above pace. Don't get me wrong. You're really. I'm feeling a little insulted about how you're talking about me. So explain yourself. Well, so I wanted to contribute, but my my standing for salsa is going to be pretty much pointless because my aunt gets this salsa from her house cleaner, or like that my parents now <laughs> use her and. She makes it's like homemade. It's homemade and it's the best salsa I've ever had. Okay, in my then life. you need to get and a jar. Makes, get, like, can I get my hands on it in the next? First week? of all, we need a jar. Next of week that. might be tough, but I mean, I can, I can, I can talk to my people, see what's going but on. Second of all, but I would like it if she could make some mole for me. She too. makes, she makes a, a green tomatillo oh. sauce that's like perfect medium, not going to be too hot, pretty vinegary. Oh, yeah. Delicious. I love a tomatillo. She makes a, a solid pico with some mango in it. That yeah. is, you know, for those more adventurous salsa eaters. And then she makes, it's the most bright orange salsa I've ever seen in my life. Habanero base, like brighter than Ted's chair sitting behind him. And it is, it's going to ruin your next afternoon, <laughs> but it's going to absolutely take your tacos 
or your uh, nachos or whatever you're eating to an absolute elite level of flavor and spice that I like, she needs to sell it. She needs to get on the podcast is what you're saying. We need to have her on the podcast and interview her. Since we have a name, she's fantastic. Since we have a down the alley Instagram account now, we maybe PMAC has to do an Instagram live of him sampling like three different salsas that are not paste. <laughs> yeah. See if it, if it will be able to like become a new, um, like I guess staple or. Uh, so, so the issue is we try not to eat chips and dip a lot. Like dirt, we could really try hard. Not like, cause that's per- personally like one of my like slippery slopes in my life is just sitting at the counter and like digging a chip in some sort of dip, a cream based dip, a salsa dip, a guac dip, and you name it. I, that is like my thriving moment is chip in dip in, in my mouth. So we try not to have a lot of like chips and, and dips. So therefore I don't spend $10 on a jar of salsa only for it to go bad because our chip to, to dip ratio gets salsa a little skewed. Salsa doesn't go bad. I, yeah, it doesn't can get moldy. No, it takes like it goes bad years. if it doesn't taste good. It goes bad if we don't yeah. eat it. Yeah. So then, so that like when I do cook something like tonight, we're like, we're having enchiladas, you know, we're still like, I personally am on a kind of a, a G free kick. So we had our corn tortilla, corn chip, and so we're like, well, we're kind of just cooking and stuff. We had some guac, we had some salsa and the only salsa in our fridge was pace. And we kind of were like, this is really good. It's really good. Like dipping a chip into it, but I would like to elevate our palate in terms of salsa. We like salsas. I just feel like I can't find one. Is pace like um, its own brand or is it old El Paso brand? Ooh. Is it or is it only like, is it like technically like an old General Dutch or like an, a Totis, Tostitos brand? Yeah. Tostitos has by, their own salsas. Is it owned by General Mills is the question I have. Probably. I feel like it's not its own so brand. If it is like, it's going to stand the test of time and it's going to be, when you walk into the grocery store, it's going to be at eye level. You won't have to yeah. reach too high. You won't have to reach too low. It's going to taste good enough. Um, yep. it, it's like General Mills is dialed in on the brands that they develop and buy and uh, merchandise and they have all the money so they can put it at the best spot in right. the grocery store or in, you know, as you say, utility salsa. If you go to California tomorrow and you go into a grocery store, you can find pace. You might not you find it at like the gas station. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm just saying like you could go to anywhere in the U S and, and get what, you know, you could get the thing that you know of because it's a mainstream brand. So uh, I'm holding out for the Fisher family cleaning gal. Yeah to hook us up she's elite so on the schedule we're gonna get a few you guys are gonna get me a few to try and i'm gonna do i'll do a live sample and i'll be harsh and then you know hopefully we can come up with a plan for katie when she goes grocery shopping you know we can have a couple extra in the hopper when you know other than pace hot yeah yeah i think that that'll be That'd be a very necessary, interesting, interesting thing. I think, uh, yeah, that's uh, we'll have to we'll have to set up an uh, a live or we, I guess we he could also gets podcast. very passionate on insisting on having refi refried black beans in only not they cannot be refried pinto beans they have to be refried black. 
Fair enough. Um, I guess to since we're a lacrosse podcast, um, did so I'm not going to say did anybody watch lacrosse because I know we all did. Um, Syracuse and Maryland today. Oh yeah, I was going to get into this. I was going to get into this, but take it how you want it. Um, I obviously you know I wanted to see Syracuse win. They didn't. Um, I. I don't really have a rant because I, I actually felt like they, they played pretty well. Um, they're all like the culture has changed there. Um, back to kind of Syracuse um, of old. I think, you know, I think Gary Gate and Dave Petromala, you know, I have, have kind of revamped it. Like I was impressed with Syracuse's physicality willingness to like hustle like do the extra thing to get you know to get the turnover the extra possession um the rant like last year or two years ago with the whole army thing was like army was a less talented team and and this is no disrespect to army because they're on i love their program and i love their culture but they go into syracuse and they just outworked them from first whistle to last whistle and just embarrassed them so i was like that's just not acceptable. Like you have to respect your opponents uh, and come in today. Maryland comes in as the number one. And like, I felt like Syracuse battled them as hard as they could. Maryland is so good. And I was not, I guess I wasn't. Um, I didn't even think that I, I knew they were good because they're Maryland and they're always good but I didn't realize how good they were um, like top to bottom. Um, they're going to be tough to beat. I, I, yeah, I would agree. I, the way the game started, I think it was like five, nothing Maryland. And I was waiting in anticipation for tonight's episode for Ted to go on like a, a 10 minute rant after Maryland just blew out Syracuse 20 to four. Um, but yeah, I think Syracuse like by no means, like bowed down to what is almost unarguably the best team in the country right now and should be at least until Memorial Day weekend. Um, and like like you said, they played physically. They've got that new brand with Gary Gate. And it's like they, he's he hasn't even had a chance to like really recruit. I mean, they've got that goalie from UVA that transferred like a month and a half ago that lost his starting job at Virginia. Um but I, I'm really excited to see what Petromala and Gate can do once they've got like an established recruiting class, because if they've got guys motivated like they do now, which, you know, you've got guys coming off of like an historically off season for Syracuse. So they're motivated, but I'm excited to see what Syracuse can do in the next four or so years. Once they can really take and make that entire program, a Gary Gate lacrosse team, like the roster up and down. But I do think Maryland, like, I mean, they just looked, they looked phenomenal, I think. And I, I'm excited. I mean, it, that's how Maryland has been for the last, what, seven years. They've yeah. been just kind of like dominant in the regular season. And then they got to play until the final four. And, you know, they, they don't always get the best of luck in the championship or whatever. But I mean, Maryland is, you know, kind of things are as they ever was. And it's, it's cool to see them do that. And like, that's a big road win. The best part about that game though, was, I, I mean, the carrier dome was, rocking and it was awesome to see 
a you know not a sellout crowd but might as well be a sellout crowd for the lacrosse game you know on a sunday afternoon and people that were there i mean it seemed like it was pretty split maryland syracuse probably like 70 30 or whatever like that but like to see people that probably have no ties to any players on that field be there wearing their team's colors cheering their heads off getting psyched up about a lacrosse game like that's awesome for the league and for the sport. And I, I just hope that we can get more of that as the season goes on. Um, this is an interesting thing that I'd saw get brought up on Twitter. Somebody said that Syracuse needs a lacrosse only field and probably to make it smaller and to make it, you know, a lacrosse branded thing. But the carrier dome is synonymous with the sport of lacrosse. If you know anything about its history. So I don't know how to feel about that one. I mean, it'd be sweet, but like Syracuse, New York in February, like are like how are you going to ever get to use your field until April? Like, I don't under I don't know. I mean, yeah, it'd be awesome. You know, men's and women's teams have both been great, Um, you know, and there's a huge tradition. There's donors there, like they could probably get it done, but I don't know if they'd be hosting Maryland on February 20th in Syracuse outside on a grass field. I mean, um, I would hope they would be smart enough to make it a smaller like, building. I was but... kind of like cool about the carrier dome. Like I, it kind of sucks that it's like a 70,000 seat state, like dome for basketball. And they get like a thousand people there, like 2000 people there. But, um, you know, they can at least get games in and play. And it's like a legitimate like venue from a filming perspective too. So like it's not like super whack and like everybody's like, oh, I'm getting end line shots and I'm getting tower shots and I'm getting field level shots like it's there's an actual press box that like spans the field because it's like a football and basketball venue. So they've set that up correctly. Yeah, I, I don't have any really strong opinion um, as I'm not really. Ted's the Syracuse guy. Um, so, you know, Ted would probably have the most, you know, prevalent opinion uh, of this group, I feel like. But I don't know. I don't think they – when I, I – I, kind of what you said, JP, when I think of uh, – when I think of Syracuse lacrosse, you know, I think of the – you know, the, the, the dome. So, I, I don't know. I don't think – I don't think they need a new setup. Yeah, I, I kind of I agree. Like, I, I think it's a cool idea in theory, and it'd be sweet to say they sold out the stadium for a lacrosse game. But I mean, building a 5000 person stadium is still a huge undertaking. And if you're you're going to build a stadium in Syracuse, New York, you're going to have to make it indoors. So, you know, might as well just use what you've got, especially when it's got such a, a big history in the sport of lacrosse. One, one thing from this game, we can move on. I, I know we're not, this is not a whole podcast about the Syracuse Maryland game, but you know, you, you, at least personally, I was thinking like going in, like to watch him, like, okay, this is going to be like offensive clinic, right? Like it's going to be, you got the Bobby Benson, Maryland offense, team offense, tic-tac-toe, right. Versus the running gun, Syracuse, Gary gate, all this stuff, like talent everywhere. I, I honestly was, more impressed with the defense on both sides than anything like goaltending was great. Um, I know we, we talk so much to our players all the time about watch lacrosse, try to watch more lacrosse, watch more lacrosse, watch players that are better than you watch it, watch it. You're going to pick stuff up. 
Um, and I know one of PMAC's really big things that he's emphasized for the last five years that I've coached with him is blind doubles on defense. I saw like probably 10 perfectly executed blind doubles in that game, both teams uh, in a game where if you aren't trying to turn the ball over on offense, you're getting scored on. Like you can't just like go, Oh, I hope the team takes a bad shot. Not going to happen in that game. So you have to be a little more aggressive and try to push the issue. And there was in big moments, like just blind backside slides and they got the ball on the ground, which again is kind of rare these days to get a takeaway check. Um, and like, I was really impressed with like the whole defensive scheme on both teams. Yeah. Ted just giving away my, you know, defensive, you know, philosophies for free, but um, I would agree. Blind doubles are my favorite schematic thing. And when you just do it and it just, you do it perfectly and it works. Um, yeah. There's nothing that fires me like up a hot right. salsa to you. Like, uh, like when I get some pace, hot salsa on some perfectly scrambled eggs with, you know, maybe a little bacon, like, Oh my goodness. I, there's nothing that. So if you're on the sideline screaming pace, 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 that's probably going to be like sending blind doubles on defense. It might be the new call for it. Might be the new call for it. We'll, hot, hot. we'll see. Um, not, not to completely change the subject, but I know we talked about D1 versus D2 versus D3, and I was I, I was watching two kind of games, and, and I, I focused in on um, the D2, number one versus number two, uh, LeMoyne versus Wingate, couple of Minnesota kids playing in that game. Uh, and and couple of Minnesota kids making a statement. Carter Collins, Prior Lake alum, uh, grad transfer to Lemoyne, had a day. Uh, first quarter started out the day with a hat trick, um, so he was really impressive. Um, as well as Vidovnik on the other side, um, Lemoyne just super impressive um, over Wingate, uh, but Vidovnik making noise on the Wingate side. Um, but to kind of get back to the topic that we've covered, going from that game and then flipping over to the end of the Maryland-Syracuse uh, game, I was like, holy smokes. Like, I, I was in the rhythm of the D2, you know, game and, and, and that style, which is super high level, right? Like, a couple of the top Minnesota kids to come out of Minnesota, right, doing big things at that level. But then I went over to the, the 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 big game of the day, and I was like, "Holy crap! This is." And I played at the division one. I'm like, "This is, this is insane!" Like this is. I was thoroughly impressed and kind of shocked on on the skill level and to kind of expand on what Ted and JP have been saying. Like it was like go like if you're a player, like go back and watch it and study the film because. Like I'm thoroughly impressed of what was going on on that field. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I, cause I was doing the same thing earlier. Right. And I, I didn't watch much of that Lemoyne game, but I mean, the brief time I watched, you know, aside from the broadcast quality uh, to begin with, but you can just tell it's a different style and a different level of lacrosse when we're talking the number one team in division one versus the number one team in division two. I, I think to me, it just like, it seemed almost more physical like everybody on the field at any moment could do anything right. There's a lot more 
room for not, I wouldn't say chaos, but um, like your D middies on your division one level are going to go up and run some offense and stick around and make plays and do that kind of thing. Right. Your middies that are playing on your first line are going to go back and play defense in and guard up your, your first line middies that are that are on the opposing team's offense. You know, I just, I think obviously there are guys that are on all those rosters that would fit in well on any of those four teams we're talking about, but overall, like the game itself is still so different. And I think that's a good thing for the sport because if we had a, if we were, in a situation where the top division three teams and the top division two teams and the top D one teams are all on the same level, then what the, what is the point of having three divisions of lacrosse? Right. I mean, NDSU wouldn't have a shot at playing Alabama and they're both division one, but they're in two different leagues. So there's a reason for those leagues. And so I think we're going to like, it's, it's a good thing, honestly, that, you know, the guys that should be playing at these areas are playing in the right spots. And there might be a guy that, you know, he could have been a first-line media Maryland that's playing at LeMoyne or Wingate, but the team itself is where it needs to be, and that, that's that's a great thing for the sport. Yeah, I would agree. Um, <clears throat> So I've got a viewer topic, a viewer question uh, to kind of round out. I guess we've been talking about some lacrosse, some salsa, some random crap. So to kind of get back on the train, either if we didn't lose any of our listeners, uh, this is kind of the topic of the day. Um, and I I thought it was a good question and something that we could probably come back to on a yearly basis as, you know, some things change year to year. Um, but it's just kind of a good topic to talk about as, you know, uh, seniors, um, you know, it, they're coming to the end of their, you know, last year of high school, final senior season. Um, and, you know, they, they may have their plans for post high school locked in, uh, but many are still probably considering some things. So um, I, I'm going to call, I'm going to call this topic. Okay. So Duke didn't call. Now what? And, and that can be Syracuse, right? Syracuse never called Ted. Maryland never called JP University of Minnesota Duluth hockey never gave me a call. So, you know, parentheses, insert your dream school situation. They didn't call uh, the top um, dentistry school. Didn't call Katie. Right. So we're all right. Insert that into the parentheses, you know, now what Um, we can, we can talk mainly about kind of lacrosse options. Um, because there's plenty of them out there at NCAA, not NCAA men's leagues um, and things. So that's kind of the topic of the day. Question of the day, your top school didn't call what's next. I think that's, you know, an important conversation to have because, you know, we've all been in that situation in one way or the other, you know, it might not have been like, your dream school or, you know, your dream job or whatever, but like, we've all not gotten a job. We've all not gotten into the school we wanted to get into. Um, And I think the important thing, you know, is you're not going to figure it out right like that. Right. It's not like you might have a backup plan and, you know, it's a good thing to have one. And I think not necessarily like a necessary thing to do, but you should be thinking about it. But 
like obviously there's going to be a point in time where you're not going to get what you had planned on getting and it might be something that's going to impact your life for the next four years or whatever but you know figure out why you didn't get it first of all and that's a hard thing to ask you know either your coach that was recruiting you or you know the the hiring manager that didn't hire you but like figure out what it was and it doesn't have to be like explain to me the exact reason why like just be like hey what was the other candidate um doing for you that you know set them above me um but then just kind of like take it in stride right like bad things are gonna happen so don't just like let it weigh you down it's gonna suck and it's gonna hurt but you know just stand back up shake it off realize that you're still you know you're still here so it's not the end of the world and figure out what the next step is going to be. And that's, that's a big question to, to ask yourself and to figure out, but the world's not over because Donowski didn't give you the offer, right? There's, if you're looking at Donowski and Duke, there's probably a couple other schools that want you, right? If you didn't get into dentistry school, like you're probably pretty smart if you already had that passion already, because that's a hard career line to go into. So figure out where else your skills work. And then maybe down the line, that school might open up another option for you in the next round of candidates. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'll just keep moving. That's all you got to no, do. I, I, I think that's a great message, JP. And um, you know, in general, uh, some great points there and, and, and stuff we can take, you know, take with us. Um, Ted, what, what are some options, uh, you know, lacrosse specific, you know, what, what, what are some areas uh, you know, that, that student athletes could look at, um, I know you coached at D3, um, you know, who, who's still looking for, I, I'm a senior in high school. I didn't commit D1, D1's out of the picture. What, what can I look at NCAA, not NCAA right now? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think before like we even get there, you kind of have to look at like, how much do I love lacrosse and how much do I want to play lacrosse? Um, and, and if you're like, I, I don't see myself like living without having lacrosse on the schedule. I think you probably should be continuing to look at, you know, NCAA or NAIA programs that are going to be kind of year round type things and all in, you know, I think honestly, I still get texts from D two coaches looking at seniors um, they might not be, it might not be LeMoyne and, and Wingate, um, the number one and number two team in the country. But, uh, we hear from a lot of division two coaches, um, that are recruiting current seniors in their almost going into their, what spring semester. Are they even in spring semester yet? Maybe they are now. I don't know. Uh, but pretty close, um, that are still looking to finalize their roster. Uh, I think the same goes for division three uh, again, Salisbury Tufts they're probably locked in because they're getting, uh, you know, they've been traditionally powerhouse programs. So they're probably getting that inbound, um, you know, inbound flux of influx of interest so they can go out and get their recruiting classes that they want and they're great schools, but there's a lot of division three schools as well that, are looking to fill rosters all the way up until literally the spring of the college year. So like, even if you don't go to college your fall, 
uh, and you decide, hey, like, I, I kind of want to do this, you can enroll for spring and be on the lacrosse team. Um, and so I and like same with NAIA um, as well. Um, again, it, it's program specific, but I think aside from your top 20 division one teams that everybody wants to play at because they're on TV every weekend, there's opportunity all the way up through your senior year. If you're good enough, you'll get division one interest. And so like, if you're not getting it, you're not good enough and that's okay. You might be great D two player. And we just talked about how like the D two number one and number two team played in a super high level. Um, yeah, maybe it's not as elite as like the division one starters on a, on the number one team in the nation, but it doesn't mean it's bad lacrosse and it's, you're going to get a lot of the same experiences that you're going to get at the, at, at Duke or at Syracuse. You're still going to have a great team of guys. You're going to have, um, a network of people. You're going to go on bus trips. You're going to go on flights. You're going to have a national tournament that to, to try to strive to go to, you're going to get sweet gear. You're going to. Uh, get an education, you know, like all the things that you're trying to do by playing college lacrosse, you're going to get that at any level. If you feel like, and we talked about this a little bit with Jason King last week, if you feel like, you know what, like I like lacrosse, but I don't want it to be my life anymore. MCLA is a great option. You can still play super competitive lacrosse and practice two to three times a week, travel, have fun, compete at a high level, but you're not giving up six hours a day to lacrosse from September until the end of the school year. Um, we, we had a guy real quick before I went to St. Thomas who, I don't know his name. I think he was a Fogo played for St. Thomas for a year and then wanted to go to air force Academy before he came to USD. Didn't get in, didn't get recruited. And a year later, air force Academy came back and said, Hey, we're seeing you crush it at St. Thomas and your grades are great. They gave him an offer. And then he went on and finished his career at the air force Academy. So like, yeah, you can, there's options. Yeah. Um, and so like MCLA is a, is an option. If you're like, I still want to be on a college lacrosse team, you know, you're, you're going to pay to play cause it's club. Um, but you know, I, it, it's, if it, if it gets you involved in a sport that you love and it, it's a way to continue to be a, college student and have the social life of a, of a normal college student. That's not in a, you know, full goal, um, sport, uh, that could be an option. Um, you know, the other thing too, is like, I just want to play men's league with my buddies in the summer and be a lax rat and like coach the youth and get out there and like rip corners in my, in my flip flops and be around the game a ton and not necessarily play at a competitive level. That's kind of the route that I personally took. I was like, I miss lacrosse. I want to be around it. So I helped out with the college team and I didn't play. I was student manager, um, kind of helped with ops and sort of day-to-day stuff because the coaches weren't there every day, um, for an MCLA program. And like, obviously it's became my profession because I loved coaching. I love being around the game. But I played a couple summer leagues too with all the Duluth guys that were playing. They're like, do you want to play summer league? We need some guys. Great. I'll play summer league with you. Like I know how to pass and catch for Christ's sake, but do I need to be a college athlete? That wasn't in the cards for me. So um, I think like, I think long story short, we have to stop putting pressure on 
people and ourselves to say like, oh, like I went to seven showcases and I didn't get a call from Duke. It's like, okay, you might you might not be Duke good, like, but do you love the game or do you like it enough where you want to just like be around it? But you don't want to play every day, like, and that's like okay, you know, like I don't know, I don't know what the answer is, but I guess that's my opinion. Totally, and no, I think I think you gave a great, um, you know, a great description of, of some awesome options. Um, two more options that I want to talk about. And, and this might be for someone who, you know, it doesn't want to go the college route and, and, or is no judgment, you know, maybe not the best student has maybe lower GPA, lower test scores, um, that, isn't really talked about in Minnesota as much, but on the East coast there's Juco. Um, and JP, you might even know more than I do. I know a few players who went the Juco route and then went the NCAA route. You go to Juco, you, you know, try to work on your grades, learn how to handle the classroom. Um, you know, your, your high school GPA may suck, whatever, go to Juco, get, get a, get a decent GPA and then transfer after a year or two and go NCAA, maybe D2, maybe, maybe you're a good player and you go D1 out of Juco. That happens too. Um, JP, did you play with any players on the East coast? I know it's more common on the East coast. Yeah. I, I don't know anybody specifically, but I know the Juco route is like a, a pretty common route for people. Um, especially there's a lot of like Northeast New York schools that have like a, a pretty substantial Juco league. Um, Onondaga is like one of the best college lacrosse teams you've never heard of. Um, go watch their highlight tapes because they're sick. If you thought the Thompson brothers were good, these guys can ball. Um, but yeah, no, the whole premise behind it really is like, Hey, we know you are going to move on after a year or two, but we're going to give you an opportunity to play lacrosse at a very, very high level. And our school is designed around giving athletes the tools and the knowledge they need to learn how to fit in at a, a, a bigger university. You know, you're going to be around um, like tutors and you're going to be around like, um, I forget what like the word for it is, but it's like a guidance counselor basically to make sure that like you're in the right classes, first of all, because like, some people shouldn't be taking science labs. Some sh people shouldn't be taking math classes, right? And so they're going to put you in the classes that you like and that you are good at taking and succeeding in. Um, and yeah, you shouldn't be, you know, punished necessarily because you don't fit in well with your high school's education system, but you're a great athlete. So like, if it that's kind of your case, go play Juco. There's absolutely no shame in it. There's absolutely no lack in talent of it. I'm not kidding. Go watch Onondaga's highlight tapes these guys are sick and it gets you to that next step right you might have to take a you're taking a quote-unquote year off from your ncaa eligibility but it's a real option that is going to set you up for the future and you're probably going to learn a lot about your own game because the coaches there are some of the best in the country the players that are going there are some of the best in the country so like there's literally zero shame in going to a juco school because it's sometimes just the route you need to take if if your goal is still the same of playing at a high caliber school no matter the division yeah and again it's not there have been some minnesota players that have gone juco but it's not super common i feel like they just think oh 
I'm not a good enough student or I didn't get a call, you know, NCAA D1, D2, whatever. Like I'm just done playing. It's like, well, you could go JUCO, you know, if you think you're a good player or maybe your grades weren't dialed in, like we've said, go take care of it, go get your, improve your game. You know, I could see that becoming a more popular option here, um, you know, for, for players maybe in that position. Um, and then Ted was talking more about, you know, kind of like the men's leagues um, uh, post-college or, or again, you don't go to college and you're just jumping into a job or jumping into a trade, whatever it might be. Um, you know, there's local summer field leagues and then um, the league is actually changing. So I'm not sure what the new name is, but you know, the, the box league with the uh, Minneapolis Wheat Kings um, as well as a few other teams, I, I played in it um, a couple of years and there's some high level, you know, players in it and um, former and some current NLL guys and, um, so that's another good local option that does offer some travel opportunities as well. Um, you know, if you're 18, basically 18 plus. So, um, it's another cool local option if you're either post-college or you're just not going to go to college and you want to keep playing. It's a cool opportunity. One, one other thing I want to add is like, since we've kind of talked about, you know, the career path or the the, not really the career path, the lacrosse path after high school. Another option, and we it is like officiating. Um, if again, if you're like, you know what, I don't know if I want to play anymore, uh, but I love the game, I want to be involved. Um, and maybe if coaching's not your thing, maybe officiating could be your thing. It's something to try out. Um, not only because we need a lot more officials, like there's a need for it. Um, you know, but you get paid pretty well. It's like a good side gig too. You probably get paid more being official than you do a coach, unless you do. unless you're running a club. Yeah, unless you're running a club, right? So, um, you know, if like running a business isn't something you want to get into, but you want to just get to games and be involved, officiating is the way to go. Um, and so, like, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that uh, on both the men's and the women's side. I think both sides need more officials. Um, and you know, I I want to make sure to note like. That could be like, that could be like the ultimate give back to the game, right? Is to become an official, and especially if you stick with it. Um, there's a couple guys I played with in high school that are still officiating lacrosse, and they're kind of like senior officials now, uh, and they've just been like so important to the growth of the game. Yeah, and if you're looking for like a legitimate, you know, side hustles are super popular right now, and like you know, making that extra couple of bucks, like that's the hot topic, like officials is a legitimate side hustle where you can make legitimate side hustle money. Like you're making good money, per, you know, a good dollar amount per hour, depending on, you know, and obviously a new ref is going to make less than a head ref uh, during a varsity game, but like you can work. I, I could, we had a ref on talking about the lack of refs a couple of weeks ago. You can tune back into that. So you, I'm, I would imagine if you're a good ref and you come in and work hard, I'm sure you could, move up the ladder, as they say in the corporate world, really quickly. Katie, anything different uh, or anything to add on the girl side? I know there's a lot of similarities. Um, are there any differences? I don't know if differences is the word. I think kind of the path is all the same, but I think the thing that stuck out to me was like, I, I'm glad you brought up kind of like the, you know, junior college route and stuff. And 
I think that really is just something that's not ever really talked about here. Never. And I just think it's, it's not so, even mentioned. Yeah. And like, I, I forget about it too. I think it's really big down South too. And like, and I, other comes, sports. It's, it's super popular in other sports. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like that cheer documentary on Netflix, like that's a junior college and they're like national championship, all that stuff. So it's like, it's, it is, it's something just really not discussed either in Minnesota or around the cross. But the thing that kind of like stuck out to me was like kind of how ridiculous it is that one, we expect these like kids to like, one no they they know they want to do this but it's like they don't really know and it's like you might have an idea but I think it's up to the adults or the like the professionals like us in their life to kind of like give them more of a picture of what it will look like because Instagram makes it look really flashy and cool but like like Ted I think mentioned like you might want not want to do that much lacrosse all all day and I think something that I've brought up in a couple conversations of like you might want to go to a big 10 school join a sorority you know move up into sorority life which is very time consuming like you're not going to have time to devote to a division one sport regardless of what it is if you have aspirations of doing other campus activities and so if that school may have a club team that might be a better fit so that and like coach UST coach said like you're becoming a depending what you want your college kind of experience to be that we should kind of work backwards and and focus on what you want your experience to be and then decide what level of lacrosse if you're just that ambitious to be like I have to play division one and I don't care where or what's going to get in my way that's a different story but I I kind of like two things popped in my mind one the ambition that's and and knowledge of these kids that were kind of expecting them to know that you're going to move across the country and perform at the highest level that might work for some people but it really the majority probably won't fit in and instead they'll fit better somewhere else and it's just about finding that balance and kind of the other thing that when we kind of talked about the juco route it's like to be so high such a high performing individual that you're planning and traveling to showcases and keeping your skills up and watching film and keeping your grades up. So being a good student, being a good athlete, you know, being a good teammate, all this stuff like that is very high performing. And that, that just isn't like it for everyone. And so kind of deciphering, like I said, as the adults or the professionals kind of guiding them, like, we need to kind of be the ones to, to direct them into those other avenues. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think, I think, I think for all of us, we've kind of took the long way of saying it's like self-awareness. It Mm -hmm. really is. It's like, who am I? How much am I willing to work? How much do I love it? Where do I fit in? Um, And like, you know, as an 18 year old or 17 year old or 16 year old, like you don't really have self-awareness, like it, it's starting to happen. Uh, but I feel like even at 35, like sometimes I'm like, like, I don't even know if I have self-awareness on cer- certain things, like it's better. But um, so I think Katie made a good point. Like the, your coaches, the adults, uh, f- parents, coaches, teachers, um, what are they called? Uh, 
like the people that help with like uh career and and college uh, like a guidance counselor. counselor counselors yeah counselors guidance counselors those are the people i think you know i think young people should work to find those adults in their life as hard as they do for everything else like and so find someone that you feel understands you and that you trust. Um, you know, whether, again, whether that's a teacher, a guidance counselor, a coach, or if it's your parents that you have a great relationship with, you know, some people, everybody's relationship with their parents are, is different. Um, and a lot of times parents want one thing for their kids and the kid doesn't want that. So I, I, I don't want to say don't go to your parents, but have a non-parent in your life too. That can just be like, hey, I, I think you're great at, you know, this, this and this. And I think you should do this like that's like objectively on the table of like, that's what I see. And I don't care if you do it or don't do it. Like, I, I, I want you to be successful. And this is where I think you should go versus I think parents sometimes have ideals in their head of like, oh, I think my kids should be this or I want them to be this or go here or do that um, because it's going to make me feel proud as a parent that he or she did that thing. Right. Um, where sometimes that, that can get skewed a little bit. So again, guidance counselors, coaches, or teachers that get to see you every single day uh, and they know what you're capable of. They know what you're good at. And they know what you're bad at. <laughs> like, and like they, they're willing to, to like, say, I think you're great at this. I think you suck at that. And I love you no matter what, you know what I mean? Like, and I have those conversations with kids all the time and I'm like, you know, it's like, I want to see you be successful. So I think you should do that. I think you guys all do the same stuff as well. Um, and I know hundreds of other coaches that do that. And I assume teachers do it as well. Um, I'm not a teacher, but I, I, I shouldn't even say assume I know teachers do that. Um, and so that would be kind of like the next phase of, being like, Hey, like I didn't get the call from Duke and I really want to play lacrosse, but you know, now what's next, like ask somebody that's been through it. You know, there's probably some teachers in your school that didn't get the D one call in their sport. I probably can guarantee it. I think that, like you said, it's kind of that self-awareness and the quicker you can realize what you're bad at, I think you're on a good path. And, and you know, like personally, I know Austin, you brought up like dental school and stuff. I, I like, my kind of my personal philosophy kind of lies somewhere between like a Merriam-Webster's dictionary and I'm very realistic and very like straight to the point but also sometimes like I put my crystals out when there's like a full moon like so I'm somewhere like in between that and it's like obviously retrospect is like 2020 but it's like you kind of have to then you know, if you're just dying for that call and like, like I was for dental school and it's like something comes in your path, that's really going to redirect. And like, I was taking time off and that's when Ted was like, you should coach some lacrosse. And I was like, whatever, nothing else to do. I don't want to do organic chemistry. And like, and, and so something gets put in your path, you know, to, to kind of make up for what you feel like you're losing and I think that that's just really like those really, really hard lessons of life that can kind of, you know, the fork in the road, if you will, whatever. But, you know, as like I said, as a kid, that's so hard to stomach. But, you know, if Duke doesn't call, you know, what NAIA school is going to come and you end up finding, you know, a spouse there, your best friend and you, you know, you find the career 
or the major, the career that you're going to go into, that's going to be so fulfilling, but you know, all you really wanted to do was play division one lacrosse, but you might get a ton of college paid for, or be, you know, leave college with a, a less little lesser bill than, than if you would have gone out over there and, you know, and just who knows what can kind of happen. And so I think sometimes just kind of that step back of like, after that gut wrenching moment in your life of like, I'm really mad about this and I'm really mad it didn't pan out. Um, sometimes kind of just that taking a step back and being like, what am I going to do now is kind of the greatest gift that you really can be given. Cause you wouldn't have gotten it otherwise if someone, you know, didn't like you. And like JP said, we've all had doors slam in our face. Um, and so it's, you know, what do you do after that? And I think those, the quicker people, human beings can have those moments and realize and, and learn from them. I think they just become better humans from it. Yeah. I mean, like not to get like philosophical on it, but like, you know, things, you, whether they happen for a reason or not, things happen, you can't change it. So like, what are you going to do? You know, are you just going to sit there and lay there and take it? Or are you going to face the adversity head on and just be like, all right, cool. Like what's next. And I think Ted, you kind of like touched on of like surround yourself with the people that can give you like an honest, like, you know, tell you kind of what, like help you figure out what you're into and what you want to do. But also I think it's important to like surround yourself with people that are going to be okay with you failing because you're going to fail every now and then. And like, I think no matter really what happens or like how you fail or whatever it is, like, it's all good. Like, you're not like a bad person. You're not going to be sent to jail because you didn't get into that school. Like you're not going to, your life's not going to automatically just end because you didn't get that scholarship or that, that offer. So like, don't just, don't just lay there and take it, stand up and shake yourself off and like figure out what's next. And Katie, I think you brought up a great point with that. Like it gives you that freedom to have the ability to say, okay, what's going to be next then? Where am I going to take my life now? Because that whole plan I had that was going to set out the next five years for me is gone out the window. So now I've got the ability to say, all right, cool. I'm going to reassess my life and do something else. And you're going to find something that you're passionate about. Like, unless you're just okay with sitting in your bed all day long, doing absolutely nothing, staring at the ceiling, you're going to find something that's going to get you out of bed. (laughs) And yeah, sure. It might be that, but like eventually push is going to come to shove and like, you're going to be all right. Like at the end of the day, you're probably going to be all right. Yeah. I think um, I'm glad uh, uh, PMAC brought this up. I think it's an important topic that especially in the club lacrosse scene that we're in, I think we've, we've, we've kind of joked and talked about the D one or bust whole situation that's going on. And, um, and just like, there's so much like media and, exposure and press around like the top guys and gals that are going D one and how great they are. And like, of course they're getting the media, like they're the best player in their club getting the looks. So the club is going to promote them because it sells all the other people that aren't that person. Like that's the business of it. And like, whether people like that or not, like that's the reality. Um, And so then I think people look on social media or see the emails come through from their club being like, well, I want to be, feel like I'm enough or I'm good enough to be that. And like, 
then it's like, oh, if I don't, if I don't get get the the look at Notre Dame and I'm not out there starting and now getting promoted by my club every weekend about like during the college season, then it's like it's like life is over. Um, but like that's completely not true. Like everybody has value in different ways, and like that's not in the cards. And I think you know, one thing with, with Katie, not to like, you know, make her relive repressed memories here or anything like that, <laughs> not but, repressed. Uh, or make her relive uh, unpleasant memories, maybe of like, like you really wanted to be a dentist and then you ended up being a coach. And it was like, you know, at first maybe you're like, Oh, this isn't what I wanted to do. But then I, I remember you telling me once saying like, like I wanted to help people, but through dentistry, well, I also get to help people through coaching. I get to help young people through coaching. So again, it might not be the exact way that you wanted to do it, but you still like, okay, like let's, let's look one step deeper. Like it might not be the medium, but you're still getting to do the root, like the root yeah, that yeah. you want to do. And again, I think that can be trans that that same philosophy can be translated to even just on the surface of playing lacrosse. Like I want to play at Duke because it's cool and they have sweet gear and I get to be on TV. Well, if you play at Lemoyne, you get sweet gear. You get to be on the stream. You're the number one team in the country. You get to travel. Like you get an educate, like all the same things. And you're playing at a high level. You get all the same things except maybe a couple ESPN games. Yeah, that's really, it's really true. And I thought of that. I saw that a few minutes ago of like, you're so right. And I've, I think I have said that of like the things that, drove me to dentistry are, are the same things that I can really find parallels with in like owning a club team and kind of, I wanted to own my own practice. I own a club now. I wanted to be kind of, you know, the expert with like expertise in a field. And, and some may say I am now, um, you know, and it was like, I think looking back, like I was really good in school. And so then it was just something that came up that like, oh, you're really good at school and you have really good grades. You should just be a doctor. And I was like, great, that works. But I don't want to be a doctor. I want to do something different. So I'll be a dentist. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, and you, the, who knows how kids get those ideas in their head. Um, but it, it's so true. So it's like, and I like that of like, yeah, it's really cool to play division one, but there's a hundred or more division one schools. And like, what are the things that you like about wanting to play lacrosse in college you can find those in a school that's going to be a really, really good fit for you. If it's not that, that top program that you're just like reaching for. And quite honestly, I feel like if people really were like honest with themselves, they don't really want to go to those schools. They just want to post that they're going to those schools because they're all just, they're all the same. Like you're going to get a great education. Like quite honestly, if you had a toss up between going to Tufts and going to some other like Maryland, I don't know anything about these schools, but quite honestly, I'm going to pick Tufts. I hate to say it, but like Ivy League or like State University, like not (laughs) knocking Maryland, but like, it's just kind of the nature of the, of the beast, I feel like. And it's like, that needs to be, and I really value education. I know that. And, and it's just like, man, like, you don't even know what's behind door number two because you're just so like pinholed on door number one. I, I don't know if this is going to like make sense, but to me, it's like in the long run, it really does not matter where you go play or go to school and get whatever education or major. So since it doesn't matter where you really go, 
make wherever you go matter the most to you because that's what you got. So you might as well just embrace it and make the most out of it because no one really cares where you went to school. No one really cares where you played club. No one cares where you played in college. So the only person that cares is you. So if you go play at a, if you go play lacrosse at UW Madison or you go play at Duke, make that mean the world to you because if that's what you're doing, it should. And if it doesn't, don't do it. Like I've told kids this a thousand times and I'll continue to say it. If you don't like lacrosse, then don't do it. I'd rather see you do something you love because as a coach, like, yeah, I want you to be a great lacrosse player. But like, I also, as part of my job, also because it's just how I feel like I care about you and your success. So go do something that you're going to be genuinely happy in. And that's going to mean so much more to me than you scoring two goals in a tournament and, you know, helping our team out a little bit, but like you being genuinely unhappy doing it. So go do whatever you want to go do and make the most out of it. This is really terrible, but I tell the girls that all the time. I'm like, if you don't want to be at practice, don't come to practice. Cause I was like, I have to be here either way. So if you don't want to be here, go do something else that you want to do. Maybe that's why our numbers might be kind of low, but I'm like, Hey, then they're not miserable at practice. I'm like, I wouldn't want to go to something that I was miserable at just because like someone was telling me to go to it. Like, I don't know. So I'm just like, don't come. Like, yeah, I'm not kidding. Discuss if they're pissed about it. I've said it many times. Like I I really honestly don't want you here if you don't want to be here and that's okay. But like, you're just, you know, whether you want to or not, you're going to bring it down for everybody else. So go yep. do whatever else you want to do. And they will have to learn like the repercussions of that, of being in a team sport, like later, if they don't know what's going on, it's like, well, you should have thought about that. Maybe you shouldn't be playing lacrosse at all then. Mm-hmm. A lot of, you know, mic drop, mic drop comments. Um, I think this was a good conversation. Um, you know, we kept it pretty general. You know, this is something that, you know, when we have a one-on-one conversation with a player or family, you know, we can do a deep dive because, you know, everyone's situation is different. So, um, you know, if you're a team 36 player or parent and you're listening to this and you're like, Hey, we haven't had this conversation with Ted or Katie or JP or PMAC. Um, you know, we're, we're here. We, we love having these conversations. We want to help you uh, through this conversation. If you're not a 36, if you don't play club and you're a, you're, you know, a a player at a high school, you know, that maybe we don't, we're not around or something. And you just want to bounce some ideas, you know, want some guidance, you know, shoot us an email, hit us up in the DMS, whatever it might be. Um, You know, we can try to set something up, set something up and, you know, see if we can, you know, help you out and, you know, have a more, you know, I, this is a good general conversation that we had. Um, hopefully it gets your mind thinking about where you're at. Um, you know, maybe you're a freshman, you're early in the process. Maybe you're a senior and you're like, shoot, I, 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 what am I going to do next year? You know? So, uh, it doesn't matter where you're at. Um, you know, hopefully this general conversation gets you thinking if you want to have a a more intimate one-on-one conversation, um, to talk about your personal situation. Um, you know, let us know. We'd love to have that conversation. Um, but I think this is good. We had a good hour plus conversation here. Um, thanks for coming down the alley and and we'll talk again soon. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, good chat tonight. And we'll, uh, hopefully have a couple more interviews coming up soon as well. Um, but I think some important topics tonight for sure. Hope everybody has a good night.